Once upon a time, there was a young woman named Elise who wanted to see the entire world and all the stories within it. One day, she met a white rabbit who asked her to come along for a journey of discovery. Welcome to Elise in Wonderland. My name is Elise. My name is Jean. And we are the hosts of Elise in Wonderland. This is a show for those curious about the world, travel, culture, and new perspectives. And today we have a lovely guest with us. Um, his name is Ricardo Rivera. Welcome to the studio. Elise, thank you so much. Jean, thank you so much for having me. Very happy to be here with you guys today. And as your girlfriend says, <laughs> remember to talk slow Absolutely. and keep it PG today. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no swearing today. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. So Ricardo was born in Colombia, in Bogota. Yes. Uh, when we spoke earlier, preparing for this interview, you called it a beautiful monster. It is a beautiful monster. It's like any major city in Latin America, what I've been uh -huh. discovering is these places, well, let's talk about Bogota. It's this magical place um, full of like nice people, but it's also a monster because of all the problems that it has, mm -hmm. right? Like you have inequality, you have um, toxicity, um, pollution in the environment and whatnot. But it's just places that will bedazzle you when you see them and when you get to experience them, it's like out mm -hmm. of this world. I found that really striking, that description of beautiful monster. We're gonna talk more about <laughs> All the dichotomy of this place, Colombia. I think some people see it and romanticize it. Mm -hmm. Other people see it and and know that there's some crazy history there. Absolutely, not um, with traffic. larger than life people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, for well, sure. I want to ask you if you are beautiful or if you're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just said yes to both. Okay. Uh, you started in a career or down the path of the career of aerospace engineering and you are now here at Mohawk College as one of our market specialists um, in the education industry so we're also going to talk a little bit about how did that happen sure. along the way uh, we'll talk about how you came to Canada and the life and family that still remains in Colombia as well as the new future that you've built here and that you look forward to in Canada. So thank you for joining us today. No, again, guys, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, yeah, so I came here as an international student in 2002, basically to complete my two last years of high school, which I did. I did at Bond International College and then I went to York because it was a dream of mine to study at the time space science or aerospace engineering. So I joined the space science program at York University mm -hmm. and uh, I was very happy. Um, it was a dream coming true. But after my first year, and I got very involved into politics, especially politics of Latin America, right? It was like my, mm -hmm. I call it my revolutionary year where I started reading all these crazy books about the reasons why Latin mm -hmm. America is like it is. Um, I went back home for vacations and I told my dad, um, basically I wanna switch. Mm -hmm. I wanna pursue politics now. And he told me, okay, I'm gonna give you this last chance to do it. It's gonna make you happy, which I did. And I'm very proud that I did that program at York and I got to find my answers. And I'm still looking for answers for some stuff. Latin America is a crazy place, as I said before, mm -hmm. especially the political size, right? And um, yeah, so basically I did that. I 
did global well I switched to global political studies and human rights and I had the chance to work in human rights for a while in Colombia with an organization of women who've been affected by the internal armed conflict these women's who their husbands and have been assassinated through the war so it was a great experience for me coming mm. back to Canada trying to find job in that area was very hard so I decided to go into the education sector basically studying at York and one thing led to another and I was doing domestic recruitment the position for international market specialist for Latin America came up here on Mohawk mm -hmm. I applied got it and mm -hmm. very very happy to be here now you're part nice. of our family Thank our you. crazy <laughs> our crazy diverse family, family. It's a very nice family uh, before we get into our first song and then really break into the details of this Perfect. crazy, amazing story that you have of what brought you here, um, we're going to talk about something really serious, which is what Jin did this week. <gasps> oh, so yeah. I feel like sometimes I have one more step to become a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Every step. Oh, American. So today I had a first root beer. <laughs> I found one in the fridge and I, <laughs> I always are curious and nobody take it. Nobody take it for two months or something. Have you been looking at this root beer for two months, just yeah. wondering, yeah. is it impolite? <laughs> How long do I need to wait and before And this is it? a brand that has a dog face on the front, and yeah, it's looking at me. Worst type. Looking yeah. at me. <laughs> um, so I took one of my coworkers, Nathan, and because I don't want to be a one person drinking beer. <laughs> root so, beer. So yeah, so we did go to Freezy together with cheers. <laughs> This is the cutest story I've ever heard. Yeah. And the taste tasted like, um, I can explain as a medicine. Yeah. When I was a child, I, I get a cold and, and mom gave me a, a medicine. Like you drink like a spoons one by one. Mm -hmm. It tastes just like it. It wasn't bad, but 90% 90, 90 people say it was tasted like a toothpaste. Yeah. Uh, disgusting. Did you know what to expect before you opened it up? Yeah, what did you think it was Well, toothpaste is kind of mint or yeah. something like that, right? So I know what it means. Yeah. But it was better than that. <laughs> he asked me that. actually, like, hey, do you want to come and try this with me? I told him, like, no, man. No. Kate <laughs> root beer is going to taste bad. Like you are not going to like it. You like it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Is it a Canadian thing? Well, I didn't, I didn't no, I, like I, it. I, I don't know. I, it was a weird flavor to me still to the day. I really but I never heard of it from it. Asia, so it's probably a Western thing. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. I grew good. up drinking Brio, though. Chinoto. Brio. Chinoto. What is it? And it's delicious. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. it's kind of the same. No, 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 no. It's you more bitter. It's yeah. bitter okay. flavor. Is Chinoto like an orange, right? It's yeah, kind of like it's a bitter It's orange. like orangina. Yeah. Uh, but I, it's a little bit sour. Like if you eat the orange peel, kind of. Oh, okay. So I'll bring you a can one because <laughs> I like I, I usually go to places to buy groceries and they sell there. I'm, I'm gonna get a can for you. So which Should is we more do live tasting? <laughs> yeah, no. ASMR. <laughs> we get the greatest experience ASMR. Ever. So which is more yeah. intense, having root beer or ch chinoto? Chinoto. Which mm. one's more? Out of word taste, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Depends if you're Depends. Canadian. Yeah, you're gonna Italian. go for root beer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so if you haven't tried root beer, it's not bad. Try. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I don't. I'm not gonna pay for that. <laughs> I love you, man. I just, I just cannot try. If you haven't tried, you choose. That's a very Canadian choice. Yeah. Of what absolutely. did Nathan think? Is yeah, it his first yeah, root beer? Yeah, yeah, and he. Oh, Nathan he, as well. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. He just okay. liked it as well. much as I do. 
I walked into the fridge area and saw Jin walking out and Nathan were all excited and they were just <laughs> I was late for the meeting. <laughs> I, but I love those type of things, right? Like yeah. the little things that can actually like make your day better. Like mm -hmm. things like that. It's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try review for the first time. For yeah. some people it was like, what do you mean? It's like, no, like, I've never touched a can of root beer in my life. So. <laughs> Is there anything like that from Colombia that we would never find here? Mm. I'm always looking at chip flavors. Like. <laughs> there, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of things. There's a lot, a lot of things. Um, alcohol, especially. I mean, like, well, it's Latin America, right? So you have, <laughs> we have this drink called Aguardiente, which mm -hmm. literally translates to hot water. And like spicy water. Yeah, it's like Tambuca. <laughs> oh, hot, hot. It's a ah. temperature. Yeah, but it's like this thing made out of like sugar cane, right? And mm -hmm. usually people don't sip it. You shoot it. Uh. And it's an alcoholic drink, but it's like, I, I can't remember the percentage of alcohol of this. Firewater. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's firewater, yeah. but it's so, it's the type of drink that you have it. You have five or six, you feel happy. <laughs> and then yeah, you stand I up from the table, <laughs> you are wasted like yeah. completely. But it's good. So you. <laughs> yeah, it's like so you. It's yeah, like so you. Okay. Not as not as as what's the word that I'm looking here for? Like not as strong. No. Okay, so it's just like twenty percent. Yeah, no. This is stronger. Oh. This is stronger. But so you has like a particular taste, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Like the other one is more like sweet. Mm, it comes okay. from sugar cane. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a milestone in your experience yeah. here at Canada. Um, How about you? My week was, right, it was last week. I was in Campeche. Yeah, you were in, in Campeche in Mexico. Mexico. Uh, so Ricardo and I have caught up a little bit about what that's like. This is my first time in Mexico. Mm. Um, Campeche was beautiful. We were there to look at promoting some programs and touring some hotels for tourism students here and um, trying out the local cuisine, of course. What was your favorite thing? I had pan casson. Okay. Um, which I loved. All right, all right. They told me it's like baby shark, but I don't know <laughs> I what. I heard the it's whole story how you, you were, yeah, so you told it, it to it, me. Is it, is it shark? Uh, the fish, yeah. Like, it's, oh. it's from meat, right? It's like meat, a type right? of shark, yeah. But the funny part of the story is that Elise was asking for this, and the people were thinking that she wanted to sing the Baby Shark song. The oh, baby yeah, shark yeah, yeah. That's Korean, actually. Is it? It's Korean? I didn't know yeah. that. I had no idea. I thought it was like, like <laughs> Filipino or something. They kept laughing at me like, do, 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 do. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah, I want Baby Shark. <laughs> yeah. And then they showed me the video. <laughs> when Leo was telling me that story, I couldn't stop laughing. I just could picture you saying like, yeah, you know, Baby Shark. Yeah. And these guys, like, I... Typical Mexican trying to help you. It's like, oh yeah, here you go. Here's the song. <laughs> That's twenty dollars. <laughs> My advice, even if it scares you, try something new. Always. We were with someone who never had uh, octopus or never had um, okay. pulpo in pulpo. its own pulpo. ink. Yeah. Things like, and it was really good. Yeah. And he was freaked. He was like, it's black. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like it's gonna taste really strong, but it's if you like seafood. Mm -hmm. Just That's go for something it. for sure. Yeah. What else do you like from there? Like, oh man, the weather. Campeche, <laughs> no, I liked that it was. Um, it wasn't very touristy. I like okay. that. There were there were Not things sure. for tourists for, for sure, sure for sure. Yeah. But it wasn't Cancun. No, it no, wasn't no. you know 
a beach where you could find this beach anywhere in the world. Yes. It had really interesting old town history with forts that had built up all oh, around the nice. old town mm-hmm. that were there protecting them from pirates back in the day because mm-hmm. they have beautiful natural resources that people wanted to steal. Yeah. Um, and then they're near, in, in the Yucatan, they're near Mayan populations yes. and ancient civilization ruins. So there's so much history there. And the people were so warm and lovely. Uh, they're not used to a lot of tourists, so the English level isn't great. There are some people fluent, of course, but then you walk into a, t- a hotel or store and, you know, how are you? And they blush and smile. Yes, yes, yes. Now it's the cutest thing. I know. So I've just felt very welcome. I felt like I belonged there. For sure. Awesome. It was a really nice trip. Mexico is a beautiful, beautiful place. Like, mm-hmm. Casa country, it's people, it's culture, mm-hmm. everything, everything. It's I love that place. I hope to go back. And you're going to be planning to go back in February. Yeah, we are. There's going to be some education fairs in where we're going to promote our programs again to mm-hmm. all our Mexicans out there that are interested in coming to study to Canada, right? Nice. So we make presence there. We showcase the school, our programs, what we can offer to them. Maybe we can share this episode with them. Yeah, I know, absolutely. So they can get to know us. Yeah, (laughs) great. Uh, How was your week? What were you up to this week? Mine, this week, uh, planning. Planning what's going to be our first semester for recruitment. Um, uh, My responsibilities here is like... Mexico, Brazil, and Colombia. So mm-hmm. basically, for the past, well, especially this week, what I was doing was sitting down with my recruitment partners and trying to establish strategies on how we're going to attract more students and how we're going to promote the college in these countries, right? Mm-hmm. So what are we going to use? Social media? What type of presentations are we going to be doing when I'm there? All this has to be pre-planned. So I was basically doing that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, very busy. <laughs> yeah. We've had um, other recruiters, market specialists. Market recruit- specialists, yeah, I know. I got to get used to that new title. I know. Um, on the show, just to t- kind of talk a little bit about what the day in the life is. We can talk about that a little later in this okay. episode, too, but it always amazes me seeing the schedule Mm -hmm. you know some people think that oh you're going you're talking to people you're shaking hands no No. No, 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 the reality is so different and you guys work so hard (laughs) and and you're around the clock answering questions from people Mm -hmm. completely right like everybody needs an answer and is expected to have an answer like pretty much immediately yeah we live in a world that basically we adjust in the past 10 years mm-hmm. to that type of mm-hmm. immediate customer service, right? Customer immediate. service. Correct. Especially when you're when you're not in the market itself, when you're mm. working from abroad. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you don't do it, another school might. Another school will go and another school is going to provide the answer. So whoever is more effective and right. diligent, yeah. they're going to go to. So we have to win that race always. Mm-hmm. Get some sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a break and go into our first song. Can you talk about. Oh, yeah. um, why you chose the song and uh, the name and the artist for right. the listeners. So we're going to listen to La Pupileta, the Basurtole Stars. Um, this is a band from the coast of Colombia, especially from Cartagena, which is, I think, a city known by a lot of people mm-hmm. because it's like very touristy. I've seen it on the Real Housewives episode oh that my I watched. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. It nice. <laughs> It's very nice, but (laughs) the cool thing is that this rhythm is called champeta, and it's very traditional from Colombia. Mm. So it's um, very similar to reggaeton, but I know that you folks are going to love it. 
It's one of my favorite songs. Nice. That's why I choose it. The song itself is about a preppy girl who starts yeah. listening to Champeta. Exactly. Um, and what happens to her? She just turns into this crazy person. The thing is, the, the premise with the song and the rhythm of Champeta is that usually these are rhythms that are heard by people with no education, right? Because, uh, uh, mind you, Latin America is very social stratified. Uh -huh. So the whole So thing, she thinks she's too good for she's it. She's too good yeah. for the song um, and all that. And when she starts listening to it, she just turns into this crazy place, person that loves the song. Yeah. All right, let's take a listen and we'll be back in we just a turn moment. At least to this car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she will. I'm not too good for it. <laughs> Welcome back to Lisa in Wonderland on 101.5 The Hawk. It's 521 and we are talking to... Thank you. We're talking to Ricardo about Colombia. Love that song. That was amazing. That was amazing. And we were talking also about the power of music to transform you. Just like the woman in the yeah. song. Um, you guys, I'm like a different person now. <laughs> so let's talk about Colombia and Wonderland. What? Give us a picture. If I were... Uh, to get on a plane with gin and just be dropped in the middle of Colombia. Right. What would we see? What would the weather be like? Would, what music would we hear? Perfect. And give us a mental image. All right, so we're the only country who has the Andes divided in three, right? Mm -hmm. The central, east, and west mm -hmm. of the Andean mountain chain. So you can picture this beautiful place that has part of the Amazon as well. We yeah. have the two wow. oceans. We have technically no seasons because we are under the equatorial line, right? So mm -hmm. basically, if you want cold, you drive one hour south. You want warm, you drive one hour north from mm -hmm. the city that I am, from Bogota. Mm. People, amazing people. The country is beautiful. A lot of folklore, um, nice music, mm -hmm. food is amazing. It's, it's, it's what kind of food? Is it comparable to... <laughs> this is the funny. Is Mexican? No, no, no. yeah, 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 absolutely, or, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's totally comparable in the sense that we all think we have different things. Mm. Major but staple, you have salsa. Yeah. you have guacamole. It's rice. Yeah, uh, potatoes, beans. Uh, yeah, I. It's funny, like when plantains. Uh, yeah, when when Anthony Bourdain <laughs> did the episode in Colombia. Yeah. They gave him this crazy thing in a city called Medellin, which is one of the main cities yeah, in Colombia, right? I've seen that episode, yeah. That he has the, like, the rice with the pork, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. egg on top, yeah, and yeah. beans and all that. It's like, like, how you guys, yeah, and <laughs> how you guys eat this for breakfast? Yeah. It's like super, like, he wanted to go for a nap. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that's how we grow up, right? right. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's basically like that. Like, the, the food is amazing. Um, my favorite dish is a soup that has carrot, potatoes, uh, corn. Mm. Um, peas as well mm. um, capers they added and they Yum. put like sour cream on it and the mm. one that my mom makes is the best I love how she makes it and that's for instance one of the things that I miss from yeah. Colombia a lot but yeah no, the food I had is. really good soup when I was in Mexico yeah I know pozole oof uh, pozole is tortilla like Anyway, another episode. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, we can talk about it here. But yeah, no, that that's what we should expect from Colombia is this beautiful place and beautiful, beautiful people. And of course, like to the people that are listening and right now, I mean, like, yeah, I know that we're known for our back history of narco traffic, mm -hmm. right? And like, sadly, what I always tell people in the office, you know, mm -hmm. like being part of those conversations that all these things that they portray Netflix, that uh, Pablo Escobar and all that, is, it's just an illusion, right? Like, I mean, yeah, we had it, but it's 
doesn't mean I cover countries like that anymore. Right. right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, as a Colombian, and I, I usually get offended when people like, oh, yeah, cocaine. And it's like, <laughs> I don't even know you. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> like, we have, like, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, who wrote, like, 100 Years of Solitude, Shakira, Juanes, all these good mm-hmm. things, Amazing artists right? yeah, and, and philosophers like, and... Yeah. yeah, that's one of the parts that I hate the most. It's like when mm. we give focus to the the bad things, right? Mm. And yeah, I'm aware that it was up there and all that, and we still deal with it. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. It's got it's had an uprising. I mean, the story of Escobar with the yeah. with the fame of some of these Netflix series, bringing it back up to exactly. kind of like out of the subconscious and out into the world again where exactly, okay exactly. this could have been part of your history in Colombia but I'm yeah. sure if you go into an average neighborhood you know mm-hmm. it's not what you're seeing absolutely not <laughs> yeah. absolutely not it's like completely different I mean of course of course it's Latin America you're gonna see social disparities like mm. way more than here in Canada right like they're more visible mm-hmm. but it's not nothing like the show or whatsoever mm-hmm. so uh, you're talking about disparity and violence mm-hmm. as a way of causing conflict or resolving conflict yeah. in uh, Bogota where you grew up and this was one of the reasons why you had to come to Canada yes. you briefly without dwelling on this because yeah. this isn't the point of the story but talk about um what was the chain of events that happened that got you here? Uh, it was multiple events, right? Uh, the, uh, my my coming to Canada story started as an international student, like mm-hmm. many of right. us here at Mohawk. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jen's at, nodding. <laughs> and at some point, um, it was in the middle, like 2000s, 2006, um, where the conflict in Colombia was at its peak for for putting a word on it. Um, my parents basically got threatened by paramilitary squads and mm. my sister and I had to flee the country and couldn't go back for six years. Yeah, so. it's interesting when um, I'm sure you see mm. Canadians and Americans put so much trust in their military and their government. Mm. Oh, completely. And in other parts of the world, it's just a given that, you know, it's as a way to make money, mm. these people do bad things exactly. sometimes. No, it, it's um, paramili- paramilitary squads are like any country that has paramilitary squads, it's there's nothing good out of paramilitary squads okay. at all. I mean, you take right now what's going on in the money. Middle East. They work for money. There are no laws. Doesn't mm. apply to them, and mm. they have no one's controlling these people. They can go run wild and mm. commit things that are atrocious. But yeah, no, that happened. So after that, I couldn't go back. And I mean, one of the you always have to look for the positive in everything negative, right? Like mm-hmm. it's up to you whether you're gonna dwell on the negative or like sure. find something positive. My positive was that it allowed me to stay here for six years. And thanks to that bad thing that happened to me, I became a Canadian citizen. Mm. And I'm very proud of that. And I always tell people that as much as I feel Colombian, I feel Canadian. I love Canada. I'm very proud Canadian as well as I'm Colombian. So let's talk about um, your impressions of Canada. I'm always curious to hear, and one of the reasons why we started this show was to hear from someone else's eyes, from the eyes of a newcomer, okay. what are the big differences where you're like, whoa, this would never happen back home, or wow, Canadians don't realize. Yeah. Why don't they have this? 
or or yeah why exactly. don't they i'm always like man why don't we have a climate <laughs> where we can have open yeah. streets where mm-hmm. people sit and eat and meet and talk it's because we live in a freaking snow globe <laughs> but yeah let's yeah. talk about your impressions but, but talking on those points that you just said one day that would we'll never forget here it was the the blackout the oh. blackout day what you just described was literally the day of the blackout because like there was no electricity people were forced to go out to the streets towards the middle of summer people Which were is doing barbecues a big deal for canadians completely yeah completely. i still remember the yeah. day so vividly that for me that was great but my impressions of canada um lovely place very lovely people um like um last year we had the opportunity with my girlfriend to drive <laughs> all pretty much the east coast of canada mm-hmm. Um, Halifax places like Halifax are like the people are amazing they're just phenomenal they remind me so much from home that Mm. at some point we actually considered moving there it was it's beautiful it's like it's 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 gorgeous I I have no like I have no other way to express it (laughs) let's put it like that but we do give for granted certain things such as like freedom of speech and uh, freedom of being who you are, right? Like, yeah. I feel that we live right now in times where this is being threatened and maybe because our lack of being politically active in these mm-hmm. situations, it might lead to serious, to serious consequences. And we, we give mm. for granted that. We, I feel that... Can we I think it that? will um, maybe remain the same. Um, regardless of whether we act on it or not I think because uh, some people that have always lived here may be Mm. naive because they don't they've never experienced exactly right like but like, that other side exactly. when things go wrong when there right. is corruption when like your minimum things like your basic rights are threatened right like, mm-hmm. like when you when things like that happen you, you examine you're like okay no hold on a second like why are we allowing for these things to happen we, we mm-hmm. need to be part of that process more active mm-hmm. and I like what you said about the basic rights to be yourself too yeah absolutely that is a huge privilege absolutely mm-hmm. like, and it's not that case in other parts of the world no like just that just the fact that in some places you cannot say what you think right mm-hmm. that like just gives me that chill seriously like, it's mm-hmm. like inconceivable in my way of seeing it but some i feel that sometimes canadians give things like this for granted and it shouldn't be like that like mm-hmm. we always have to have in mind what we have fought mm-hmm. to where we are yeah make it worth it right it's hard yeah. to see some things going on in the states too, oh my God. Mm-hmm. and worry about going backwards. But we're not going to go there. No, 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 no. Not. You also said that Canadians overcomplicate social interactions, which I found I feel that, so yeah. accurate. <laughs> and like, I, there's some little Canadian chip okay. in my brain too that is also like. Oh, we got a plan. If I'm gonna see someone, it's gonna be like I gotta know a week in advance. You have to ask them, get a permission. Yeah, completely. In time, completely. uh, Do you have any um, allergies? And you know, (laughs) yeah, no, all those things. I, I mean, and I don't know how it's another place in the world. In Latin America, it's a Friday. You just text your friends. I mean, I still have my group of Latin American friends from university. To that day, they are my closest friends, right? Mm -hmm. And. For those people, like one is Salvadorian, one is Panamanian, the other one is Colombian, <laughs> Mexican as well, Argentinian and Chilean. Um, I feel that with them it's easy, right? It's like, yo, what you like up it would to? Be a party. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, what are you up to? Nothing. All right, wanna go for a beer? Cool, let's go. No pre planning, no nothing like that. <laughs> but I also have Canadian friends. And when you try to do that, it's like, hey, what are you doing? 
first you're not gonna get a message you get a response like two days later <laughs> or you get like um in my house you're like hey you want to go out it's like oh no i can't it's like okay why it's too late my brazilian <laughs> friends get mad at me when i don't answer the phone <laughs> yeah, see, that's what i'm talking about i don't about. and then i don't call back right away because i'm like eh, okay, exactly. I, need, I want i need to be alone <laughs> but we have to add in the fact yeah. in the fact in the in the equation the the weather factor right i mean mm. it, it does it does prevent you of going it's out it's a culture it's a part of the culture it's part of the culture yeah. right and there are all these memes online about like oh my god Like I made plans and now it's six o'clock and the plans are at seven and I don't want to go and they cancel it and now I'm relieved. It's like, why can't you just, exactly. <laughs> like, why does it have to be so just, just, just the use of the word planning there, right? Like you, mm. like by using the word planning, you're already overcomplicating things. It's just like, yeah. just go with it. It's just, um, it's What's just the worst beer. that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? And now that I overplan things, because yeah. I do, yeah, yeah. when I hang out with, you know, I have a friend from Turkey, a friend from Brazil, and they're yes. like, oh, you want to try that? I know the best place to get it. Let's, Let's go, go tomorrow. And it's mm -hmm. like, I'm I'm not busy. I'm free. I mean, I'm not free. I'm busy. <laughs> There wasn't a Because I already <laughs> made a plan two weeks ago to do something with this other person. And then they're exactly. like, oh, well, it's, um, save some time. Exactly, like, no, you gotta free your schedule. Like. To be spontaneous. Exactly, very important. I feel mm -hmm. that is very important. Um, all right, so, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's time for the next yeah. song. <laughs> the next one. The next okay. song, let's talk about this uh, again. Artist, title, and cool. why you chose this. Carlos Vives. Carlos Vives is, uh, today, the most known singer from Colombia. Mm -hmm. He recently won one of the Latino Grammys. And the song is Robarte un beso, and it talks about the story of. You say it better guy. than I could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robarte un beso. And the <laughs> premise of the song is how this guy is in love with this girl, and mm -hmm. he just basically wants to steal a kiss from her. That's the whole premise of the song. But you add the tropical factor to it, and it makes it like, no planning. No, no, nothing. Yeah, don't no plan. It. Just go. I'm stealing Steal it. Steal it. I'm stealing that kiss. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a moment on Alice in Wonderland. Benvenuti to Alice in Wonderland. Swagate Alice Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland에 오신 걸 환영합니다. On 1015. 1015 The Hawk입니다. Xin chào. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome back to Alice in Wonderland. It's 5.38 and we are chatting with Ricardo <laughs> Rivera. <laughs> We were practicing his his radio voice. Yeah. Did you want to do a plug for The Hawk? The Hawk 101.5 FM. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Okay, so you made it to Canada. We yes, learned a bit about Colombia. Um, and you started working at York University, your alma mater. Yes, I did. Uh, and wait, let's start with space science. All right. Because... Mm. It's interesting. It's interesting. Did you, you, I don't know if you caught our space episode where we interviewed, no. we had mm -hmm. students from... Uh, space club, uh, astronomy club. Uh, yeah. Oh, and, all right. And uh, we had a special visit from a professor as well who was talking about physics and we were talking about, you know, like what is a black, yeah. what's black matter and what... <laughs> That's very interesting. So I think you would have cool. liked it. But where did your fascination with space From begin? a kid, since yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. Um, it's so funny that we're talking about this. Like literally last night, um, I was home by myself, and my girlfriend Michelle just walks in, 
and I'm watching this video. I don't know if you guys have heard about the, the golden disc. Yes. I was sending the yeah. Voyager yeah. one, like in the 80s, That is the most romantic right? story mm -hmm. about Carl Sagan and oh, his yeah. wife. Oh. And exactly. So I'm, I'm looking at this documentary That's that amazing. they did. It's like a 15, The Verge. It's on YouTube. You can look for it, Google it or like YouTube it. It's so cool because they were explaining how aliens are supposed to decode this disc and the messages that are on the disc, right? If they mm. ever find it, like mm. civilization and all that. And I, I was so concentrated that Michelle was talking to me. <laughs> I'm like, uh huh, uh huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> the, 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 the typical that I like, I'm not paying attention to you right yeah. now. But, nice. but <laughs> I hope you're listening out there, Michelle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love you. But. But yeah, no, like it was since I was a kid and it was like a very, it was a, it was a very nice okay. fascination. And of course, for me, at some point of my life, mm. studying outside of Colombia wasn't impossible. It was like not that I grew up with that idea. Right. Mm. And basically the opportunity came and I decided my parents told me like, well, there's this chance for you to go out and study outside. And I'm like, OK, I'm taking it. I'm going and I'm going to pursue this. Mm -hmm. But then things change. Mm. I got too deep into politics, too deep into politics and reading books and all that. And I decided like, okay, hold on, like life changes and like you have to go with changes, right? Mm -hmm. like, well, we never know. In the future, we may have chaotic politics. Yeah. Like Star Wars. Well, they already started talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. That's a cool idea. <laughs> I never considered that. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. There are some documents that will freak you out about how countries are like fighting right now for like space. Uh, sure, just yeah, like they did with the sea. And declare yeah. their ownership of us the part of the moon or something. Exactly. Right. And like who's gonna investigate what or who owns mm. what, like the satellite spectrum and all that. Space Columbus. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Very interesting. Pretty much, pretty much. So how did you switch into global political studies? I did. Your dad said, this is your one switch. <laughs> My You're one switch, that's yeah. it. And your passion for politics got you into working with some really interesting initiatives. Can you it speak was. a little bit about um, Initiative of Women for Peace in Colombia? So basically, when I finished my, my program at York, I applied for this internship. I did, like Initially, I wanted to go to Phnom Penh in Vietnam to help with the demining process that's going on there for like mm. years, right? I did my application. I submitted to SIDA, which is the Canadian International Development Agency, and I got this phone call. And Jean-Claude, that was the name of the guy in Montreal, Jean-Claude in Montreal, <laughs> tells me I have two news for you. A bad one and a good, and a good one. Which oh. one you want to hear first? Um, like, Those are always good. I <laughs> yeah, know. no, but but but, but 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 I told him like, uh, give me the bad one. It's like you're not going to Phnom Penh. Like, okay, so what's gonna be a good news here? Uh -huh. It's like we're going to Colombia, and you need to go this Friday. I'm like, wow. okay, all right. Like, mm, I didn't apply to Colombia. Why you want me to go to Colombia? It's like yeah. because this organization wants you there. Wow. All right, like basically. Heard the whole thing, packed my bags, and I was on the flight to Colombia. I flew on a Thursday, got there Friday morning, went to the interview, and it was an um, organization of women, 153 women. I was the only male person <laughs> there. And very powerful women. Like, mm. it taught me so much. Uh, these are women who, as I said before, they were or they had been affected by the conflict directly. Mm. It showed me another side of what civil war can do to a person mm. and things that you ignore that you only see on TV or like you would never see right or I find um, conflicts like this tend to glorify certain sides absolutely and when you move on to the next topic in the news you're forgetting mm. or you're not 
focusing on the path of devastation mm. and how this can yeah. affect it's people's kind of, lives forever. Yeah, it, because it's too far from us. Yeah. Doesn't sound like it will happen to me. It's just oh, poor ladies. Exactly. That's it, right? Correct. Correct. Mm. I mean, when you and like when I went there, I mean, and I'm, I'm Colombian. I grew up in Colombia, and I have a dad who was part of the military. That's uh, like pretty much all his life. Mm. And we shared conversations with my dad, like very good conversations about like the armed conflict in Colombia, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but like these are women who basically are so powerful that after what they went through of missing like having their relatives assassinated in front of them mm. have the power to keep fighting for for justice right like um you take any conflict in the world and yeah like there is conflict going on and then like the little things this organization what their aim was it was to prove that in colombia during the civil war violence against women was used as a systematic weapon of war mm. and these are mm. things that we don't give importance to right so for me, it was like something drastical and we're like, okay. Opened your eyes. Yeah, completely. another completely. perspective of the story. Oh, yeah. And beautiful, amazing, powerful women that I got to meet. And I didn't want to leave, but my contract was six months and basically mm. got to come back, right? And fill out a report. And sadly, it ended there. But I would have loved to continue working with them. Mm. Does the organization still exist? It's still. Yeah. Still is the biggest organization of, of women fighting for justice in Colombia right now. That's incredible. How can people learn more about that if they're interested? Just go on their website website yeah. or Google them. It's the initiative for of women, of women for peace. For peace in Colombia. Yeah. And no, it's it's great and there are a lot of great organizations around the world right now that people can get involved to, especially mm -hmm. now with the whole internet and the whole social media and all that. If people are willing to do it. This is a question out of the blue. Yeah, I know. So if you don't okay. have an answer right away, that's fine. No, please, please, please. I'm curious to know, as someone so involved in politics with so much going on around, I don't even like saying fake news, but how do you, how do you research properly or how do you find trusted sources mm. in today's world when it comes to learning about conflict politics and global global affairs, affairs. Um, there are certain media outlets uh, outlets sorry that you can rely on democracynow.org yeah. to the day is my favorite one mm -hmm. uh, it's very neutral mm -hmm. in what you read I mean of course you take CNN you take Fox you take any of those media outlets like you can draw your own conclusions right mm -hmm. but I feel that the most important thing is to read educate yourself um, Read don't a lot take of everything as truth. No, I would say completely, too. completely. But it's so, so funny. We we know this, and the the amount of people that they fall for this is is insane. That you're like, okay, what what what's happening? Like, I think a lot of um, the tactics revolve around just human nature that people want to get excited by a story, and so mm. completely, you know, the most dumbed down, like salacious headline yeah. is going to get your attention. Mm. But yeah, Sometimes no. the boring backstories are the ones truth. The, the, the truth, like, right? It's like, just read. Just keep reading. Let's talk about a day in the life uh, as a market specialist now. Uh, all right. For people like who are this. interested, how, um, I think before I started in international mm -hmm. uh, education, I had a vague idea of how students were recruited, um, the whole process and the jobs of market specialists, 
and it goes way beyond just you know putting up a sign and <laughs> there's a whole bunch of research involved there's Absolutely. continuous yeah. um, communication there's vetting you know the appropriate institutions you're going to work with or agents you're going to work with and then when you're on the ground you're doing a massive amount of work and networking correct um, can you summarize a little bit about what you do and what goes into this kind Perfect. of job so basically what you're doing this job, this job has a lot of components to it, but the most the important ones are you have to create solid partnerships mm -hmm. with recruiting partners that are going to help you to bring students. Mm -hmm. And you got to find um, key education first where you're going to showcase that school and it's going to cause impact in the market. Mm -hmm. Those two things. A normal day, let's mm -hmm. say, let's take, for example, Mexico. Your day starts around 7 a.m. You gotta mm -hmm. be awake already, ready for your first meeting that's gonna be happening at 8, 8.30 a.m. Usually you're meeting partners. Mm -hmm. You're sitting with them. You are talking about a strategy. You're talking about numbers. You are talking about marketing especially, especially these days. That's a whole hour and a half to two hours conversation trying to establish a strategy for that. And for that, you need to know inside and out you know, what are the admissions requirements for everything, certain areas? Everything, everything, what are everything. the visa issues, certain mm -hmm. people from certain parts of the world? What is the career path? What is the mm -hmm. career path? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. All the stuff, especially for international students coming here, right? Mm -hmm. Like you got to know what the embassy is looking for. What are the requirements? What are the immigration requirements? Because mm -hmm. you cannot go against any of those, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember one day you ask every team yeah. how much is the phone bill here? How much is housing here? Like because exactly. the students asking, how much does it cost to stay in Canada, right? Completely, you cannot so you have play to with answer everything. You have to yeah. know your market, and you have to know the Canadian. Mm -hmm. Inside out, you gotta know everything, 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 everything. What's your line if you don't know? Everyone has a line. <laughs> My line, I'll tell you what it is. I always say I don't know, but yeah. I'll find the answer. Mm. I never. That's a good one. I never. I wasn't promise. implying that people yeah. lie, but usually someone has. You would be surprised. Oh, I see. okay. You would be surprised. <laughs> It's uh, the cases, um, I heard cases of people coming to, I'm gonna avoid names here, coming to school and then when they're done after three years, they find out that they cannot apply for a postgraduate work permit and basically they have to leave the country immediately. Yeah. And these are people that they put all their, yeah. they have their education as a goal, mm -hmm. right? So when you hear things like that, you're like, okay, no, like. There's also so much that we talk back and forth on around what is our responsibility to inform the student Correct. versus what is their responsibility mm, to know absolutely. what they're getting into. And yes. it's a fine line sometimes. Definitely. But I always tell the applicants to Mohawk, you got to do also your research as well. You yeah. cannot deposit like all your all questions your savings. And, savings <laughs> and all that on this. Like you got to investigate this. It's not like a joke. Oh, right. I'm going to Canada. No, this is a plan. It's a long-term, short-term, short and long-term plan. Right. Yeah. And if you want this sort of designation, you know, at the end of college, you go to university and exactly. then you get this. Exactly. You have to know that it's going to work out for you. Exactly. But exactly. you have to get them on the right path, too. So yeah. I'm always amazed at all the things going on in your brain. Collective brain. Um, so what are, what are your future goals here in Canada? And when did you move to? You didn't. You haven't moved to Hamilton, have you? No, not yet not, yet. not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We have to. Is that in the works? Not yet. <laughs> uh, we're working on it. We're looking right now. Midpoint, uh, Mississauga. I live in Toronto. Uh, for those who don't know, I, like, mm -hmm. I drive every morning and I drive back every yeah. afternoon. 
But... We appreciate you being here. <laughs> <laughs> I love I you guys. It's going to be a while till you get home. Yeah, no, it's fine. Mm. I already got used to it. But we're looking midpoint. Um, my girlfriend works at Schulich, the mm -hmm. Schulich School of Business. And basically, if we move here, then it becomes counterproductive, right? Basically, right. she will have to do the drive. And I wouldn't forgive myself for that. So I'll do Right now, drive. you carry the burden. Exactly. I'll take the bullet for that one. <laughs> Is there anything else that you would like to leave listeners with in terms of um, an impression of Colombia with the short time that we've had today? Not just Colombia, Latin America. Yeah. Travel, go, explore mm. Latin America. Uh, just be street smart. It's not dangerous as long as you're street smart. What are some um, tips you would have for travelers that want to go outside of the resort areas? The best tip that I always, that someone gave me, and I always give that tip, if your gut tells you no, just don't do it. Don't yeah. go. It mm. works 100% all the time. I, I think Canadians, I can only speak from my Canadian perspective, yeah. But yeah. are always nervous to say mm -hmm. no, to seem rude, you know. Never. And in other areas, that is not Never. an issue. Exactly. Mm. So it's don't dangerous. worry about saying no, no, I agree. If no, it it's no, feel right. Exactly, and mm -hmm. like you have, you're not offending anyone. You are not offending anybody. Like yeah. if you say no, say no, and that's it. If you don't want to, you don't want to. That's that's it. Mm -hmm. And one last advice: Mexico, especially. Yeah. Mexico is just not Cancun. Yes. Go and explore Mexico, folks. Mexico is beautiful. The east coast, the west coast of Mexico, Mexico City, just itself. If I you really want to go there. Oh my yeah. god! If you are someone who likes museums, this is the second second city with the biggest amount of largest amount of museums mm. in the world. Some museums don't realize how modern it is and how beautiful the and oh the architecture god. is. And it's beautiful. Like yeah. the I, more I'm learning about Mexico, the more I'm like, oh, I can I, <laughs> do. I can do that. I will tell you something. Like for instance, that this when I was in Mexico recently, I yeah. had a meeting in a. In, a, in like the state of Mexico is massive. Mm. One of the meetings mm. was an hour and a half away from the hotel, but you are still in Mexico City. That's wow. how big wow. this place is. And you go to this place and it's like you went in time to a colonial town. Wow. But with the, with modern things. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, it's beautiful. It, it's out of this world. Like you just <laughs> walk in and you're like, Wait, what? Where am I? Like it, it, it like the floor is still like with ro like like the classic, you know, yeah. classical rocks and all the construction and mm. beautiful painted tiles yeah. everywhere. I'm gonna give you the best example. If you watch Coco, the movie, ah. it's like watching the town of Coco, but basically you have a business mm. meeting in the town of Coco, something like that. <laughs> it, it, it's it's hilarious. It's like it's oh. awesome. It's beautiful. I love Coco. Ah, Coco's the best. <laughs> Ricardo. Elise. Thank you Jin. for being here. Amazing. No, thank you guys. I <laughs> loved you. it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the opportunity of being here. Thank you for talking about um, where you're from, your history, and mm -hmm. some of the things we've seen along the way. Um, we wish you luck in your new-ish job thank and you, role at the college and, uh, and your next steps moving to wherever you move. But stay here, please. <laughs> I we will. like you. I, am, I don't want to go anywhere yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, as always, we never have enough time to cover everything. We will have to have you back yeah. on another show. It would be an honor to be back again here. An honor. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Next week, we are talking to Jamshed Terrell. Do you know Jamshed? Yeah. Music department. Yes. Mm -hmm. He is a wealth of knowledge. Yes. He's ha we've had him for one other episode and had to make true on our promise because 
I, that guy is like 10 brains in one. Yes. <laughs> he's yes, he is. incredibly, uh, he's a genius and he's passionate, mm-hmm. overwhelmingly passionate about what he does um, in our music area. And we're going to be talking about classical Indian music and wow. how, you know, mm-hmm. going from its inception all the way to Bollywood and talking about doing some live performances on air. So you won't want to miss that. That's next Thursday at 5 p.m. on our show. So we're going to end off with our last song. All right. Please kick us off. El Ausente, Fruco y Sus Tesos. No introduction. <laughs> it's my favorite salsa song to dance. Just play it and you're going to love it. Okay. Okay. Thank you again, Ricardo. And we will see next everyone week. back next week. Have a great week. <laughs>